Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Final hour here, 106.7 The Fan. Odyssey app, Toby Altizer with you up until 3 o'clock. Then we'll turn it over to DOC. Rick Doc Walker to take you home until Nationals baseball. Now it's time to get into some commander's predictions, keys to the game, players to watch. But first, let's get out to Chris in Damascus. Chris, what's going on? Hey, I thought I'd call now because you were talking about broadcasting. Did you happen to see that the O's game was switched to Apple last yeah, night? I, I don't love when they do these sorts of things. Because <laughs> okay, it, good. Well, maybe you can explain it. Like who... Who who did that? Was that the Orioles, MLB, and then the night before is on Fox Five National, right? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a MLB thing. That's not a Orioles decision. That's a MLB thing. But so MLB just put all those people in Baltimore, and you know baseball. A lot of big older fans they couldn't watch their Orioles last sure. night. Yeah, Chris, appreciate the phone call. Yeah, hey, hey, I had a Chase thing if you want it. Yeah, real quick on Chase Young. What's okay, Chase. Yeah, so the trade deadline. Let's say he blows up and he's playing great. Does it, are they more apt to try to sign him during the season? Uh, and sweat and curl the same way. And they all, the defense is doing great. Are they more apt to sign these guys? Or is it like base, Scott Boras, we're going to free agency? All right, uh, thanks, Toby. Appreciate it, Chris. Yeah, to answer your baseball question first, um, MLB does this thing. You know, you've got plenty of different places. Peacock has some exclusive MLB games, Apple TV I don't love it because, you know, if you're paying for cable to have Masson to watch the Nationals or to watch the Orioles and you can't find them there, that's what they're doing. I mean, they're just giving other people a chance to broadcast these MLB games, more media deals, more money. But I don't love it because that means you don't get to watch some of these things. So, yeah, that's kind of, that's an MLB decision. That's not an Orioles decision. On his comments about Chase Young, that's an intriguing one. If he starts balling out, I... I highly doubt that they're going to agree to a deal in the middle of the season. They're going to let him go to free agency and figure it out. Now, maybe you could get something done with a curl or a sweat in season, but it'd have to probably be pretty soon. I don't think that they're going to wait till week eight, week nine, sometime around then to agree to a deal. I think it's going to have to be really soon or it's going to have to be after the season. More than likely, it's going to be after the season. They've probably already discussed those things and determined that you know, a lot of players will say, I'm not dealing with this in season. We'll talk about it after. That's kind of what it's going to be. And if Chase does play well, I think he's almost more likely to be traded than anything. Like, he, he might stick around, but he's probably not going to get signed back, in my opinion. And if he plays well, maybe you would consider moving him for the right kind of package. But I, I don't see them doing that either, right? I, I just don't feel like Ron Rivera in his possibly final year is going to want to move a guy like a Chase Young if he's playing well. And, <laughs> What good does a draft pick do if Ron's not going to be here? Why does he care about that? But we'll see. We'll talk about that maybe more at another time. But right now, let's get into this Commanders and Broncos game coming up tomorrow afternoon 
out in Denver. What are some keys to the game? What are the players to watch? What are your predictions? 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Feel free to hop in at any point. Taking you up till 3 o'clock, then DOC will take you home. Well, let's start. Keys to the game. So the first thing that I noticed about this Broncos team, because I watched their game against the Raiders last week, just some of the observations I made about the Broncos getting you ready for the game. I thought on offense, I thought Russell Wilson looked much more like the guy that we knew in Seattle. I thought he looked much more comfortable back there, moving around in the pocket, moving around outside the pocket, decisive with the football, making good decisions. Now it kind of disappeared in the second half. But in the first half of that game, I thought he looked really good. So this is something where this defense is going to have to be prepared to play Russell Wilson of old as opposed to the Russell Wilson that was a joke last year. The one thing that was missing last week from the classic Russell Wilson was that deep ball. You know, you think about Russell Wilson, his last couple years in Seattle, he was just throwing the ball deep to DK, throwing the ball deep to Tyler Lockett, and he's got that beautiful moon ball. You know, they talk about that where he just, he throws it sky high and it comes in like a drop in the bucket for those guys. He didn't have many of those, and when he did throw a couple of them, they were just slightly overthrown. I think he threw one to Sutton he just missed on. So that'll be interesting to see if they try to go back to that. But Russell Wilson looked a lot better this past week than he did the previous year. So I don't think it's going to be one of those cases where you can count on Russell Wilson just looking like a joke. They moved the pocket for him. They had some designed rollouts. Sean Payton had that in the game plan. So that's going to be something to watch. And I think Javante Williams is a very solid back. So he's going to be someone that you're going to have to be careful with because he's got both the speed and elusiveness factor and the power aspect. So he's not a running back that you can just go in there and either focus on trying to stop him inside the tackles. Like, he can do a little bit of everything. So he's someone that he's going to have to be a focal point for this defense, making sure they slow him down. Defensively, they have, in my opinion, the best corner in all of football. Pat Sertan is so good. And he shut down Devontae Adams last week when he was guarding him. He had a couple catches, but nothing more than like a simple slant slant pattern. Like, nothing deep down the field. Pat Sertan is so good. So... I'd assume he's going to travel with Terry. Maybe they put him on Jahan if Jahan starts going. So whoever Pat Sertan's on, that's going to be a rough day for that guy. The other side, though, their other corners were just getting toasted. Jacoby Myers was having his way. That's something they need to exploit. You know, if if it is that Pat Sertan follows Terry around, you can still throw the ball to Terry. Don't be afraid of it. But I think Jahan Dotson could eat in this game if that second corner is put on Jahan Dotson. Running the ball is going to be difficult for the Commanders. The Raiders ran the ball 29 times for 61 yards. That's a 2.1 yards per carry. It's going to be difficult sledding, especially for a team and the Commanders that probably doesn't have as good an offensive line as what the Raiders have. It's going to be tough sledding. So they're going to need to find a way to run the ball a little more effectively, but it's going to be difficult. And then lastly... There were no sacks and only one tackle for loss for the Broncos against the Raiders. I think the Raiders had a really good game plan to neutralize that front in the passing game. Is there something that EB can take away from that to build into this game plan? And so hopefully, no Frank Clark, hopefully the pass rush isn't nearly as effective. So find ways to give Sam more protection and allow him to exploit the other corners like I was talking about. Now that being said, one other key I think off of this 
The Broncos have stellar safety play. Justin Simmons is an incredible safety. They're going to have to try to throw the ball down the field just a little bit. They don't have to do it a lot, but they have to do it just a little bit because if they don't, those safeties are going to come up and they're going to play a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage and you're going to find yourself in some tough spots where you're trying to fit the ball in tight windows. And I think this is a game that maybe you can find Logan Thomas and Jahan and Cole Turner maybe, maybe even Curtis Samuel in the middle of the field. But if you can't get Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons from coming down toward the line of scrimmage, you could have some issues because those guys are very good. 800-636-1067. What are your keys to the game? What are your predictions? Players to watch. MGM National Harbor listener lines are open. Let's get out to Mitch in New Jersey. Mitch, what's going on? Hey, Toby. Here. Thanks for taking my call. I just think uh, Sam Howell, I think he's looking like a stealer at fifth-round pick. They were comparing him what, to Mahomes in college. It was next to last year. Um, with deep at running backs, got to like him. Curse Samuel play running back, you know. Mm-hmm. I think they have a big offensive game. I think Denver's be looking at the tank. I mean, Russell Wilson, he's a Hall of Famer, but um, I mean, when he's got left. And, and this is the year to really go for the other quarterbacks coming in coming here, especially from the Pac-12 and Drake, right down, right down the. Yeah, I, I don't feel like they're going to be tanking though, because why would Sean Payton agree to that? Uh, that's true. They do. They, they have a pretty good defense, but uh, Russell Wilson doesn't have a lot of offensive weapons. That's why I think. Uh, that's why I think Marshall will shut him down. Yeah, I hope so, and I agree on Sam Howell. Mitch, appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I mean, I think Thanks. that when you look at this game plan, like we can break all this stuff down, but it's pretty simple. Sam Howell is going to be a big factor in this game. If Sam Howell can go out there and play disciplined and solid and get the ball out on time and not take sacks, they can probably win this game. Again, I don't think in the NFL, especially with a roster like the Commanders, where I think they're solid, but they're not great. I don't think you can win games easily. But I think you can be a lot more comfortable if Sam just goes out there and executes and makes the right decisions, makes them in the right time, doesn't hold the ball, doesn't have negative plays. Obviously, you cannot have a fumble for a touchdown again. That's unacceptable. But even plays like they were in field goal range and Sam took a sack and now you're out of field goal range. Those sorts of things can't happen. And so we can break all this stuff down and I can give you some of my keys to the game that don't necessarily involve Sam Howell as much. But the reality is, the player to watch, the key to the game, the X factor, whatever you want to phrase it for Washington, it's probably Sam Howell. Like, this guy has the ability to probably take over the game to an extent. Honestly, if he plays well, he's getting the ball out on time, and he starts running around, and he starts feeling himself a little bit, he could be a difference maker for this offense. Like, I I don't want to be the guy that just thinks that he has to be game manager only. I need to see him be the game manager because I need to see some of the maturity and some of the growth. But I think he's someone that's a little bit better than just a regular old game manager, a a guy that just sits back there and only throws the ball to the guy when he's open. He doesn't run around and scramble. I think Sam's got a little more in his game than that. So I'll give you some of my keys to the game here in just a little bit. But I do think Sam Howell is going to be big. Another thing, I think that Eric Bieniemy, in his second game now as the offensive coordinator, I think he needs to find a game plan and stick to it. I think he needs to find some more balance. 
I know I talked about it being tough to run the football against Denver, but they're going to need to run the football. The ratio in which they ran the ball to pass the ball, or in the first half of the case, pass the ball to ran the ball, they just need to find a more balanced approach. I don't think you want to have a 2-to-1 ratio of pass to run like you did in the first half, or vice versa in the second half. I think you want to have about a 60-40 split is my ideal split of pass to run, passing 60, running 40. But they're going to have to find a way to be more effective. And one thing that I thought was interesting watching last week, we heard about Brian Robinson saying he was feeling better. But did you notice any extra burst from Brian Robinson? I didn't necessarily see it. Now, there weren't big holes for him to run through. Maybe if he gets to the second level, he's able to explode a little bit more. But it looked a lot like what Brian Robinson had to deal with last year where he was running into his linemen's backs and pushing them for a couple extra yards. I don't want to see that again. Find some holes. Find some ways to do some extra things in the run game. Maybe they're not going to have that this week. But find a way to be at least semi-effective in the run game because if you just go out there and try to drop back 40 times with Sam Howell, that's just putting too much on his plate at this point for me. Now, maybe it's something where... It's technically 40 dropbacks, but it's really more like a 30 to 35 where some of those times are little pot passes to jet sweeps or quick screens to Curtis Samuel or Jahan Dotson or just simple completions in the RPOs. Okay, fine, in those sort of situations. But if you're just going to drop back and straight pass 40 times, I don't think that's a recipe for success for this team, at least early in the season. I think if Sam gets comfortable... I think that's something that you could see later on. But I don't think in week two, his third week as a starter, his second week as being the guy, I don't know if that is the time to drop back and throw it 40 times and put everything on Sam Howell's shoulders. What do you think are the keys to the game for Washington against Denver tomorrow afternoon? 800-636-1067. You can also tweet me at Toby underscore Altizer. More of your calls next here on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, 106.7 The Fan, Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you up until 3 o'clock. We'll turn it over to 
the DOC, Rick Doc Walker then, Super Bowl champion, get you ready for Commanders and Broncos. Right now we're talking about that game tomorrow. What are the keys to the game? 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Let's get out to Chip and Burke. Chip, what's going on? Yeah, hey, Toby, thanks for taking the call. Hey, I was, I've been listening uh, for a few minutes, so I, I got the last caller and I've heard what you had to say. I really think the key to the game and really the key to the season going forward is the offensive line. If we want Sam Howell to progress and prosper, if we want to see a spark from, uh, from Robinson, if we want to see Eric Bieniemy really be able to lay in his offensive playbook – and, and get it moving, the offensive line is key, not just how they play this year, but how we draft and, and acquire players uh, going forward. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Chip, because last week we went into the game with questions at quarterback, with questions about the offensive line, and honestly, we still have those same questions. You know, I think Sam showed some nice things, but there's still a lot of question marks about that offensive line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when we look at the history of, of the Redskins and we talk about Joe Gibbs winning three Super Bowls with three mm-hmm. different quarterbacks, the one consistent strength for the team was the Hogs. And, and so, you know, it's always a mystery to me why that's always a mystery for people in the current age, because uh, if we were to really invest in the offensive line and build off of Co- build around Cosme and uh, and a couple of the players they've gotten uh, in the most recent drafts, uh, I really think it could become a, a real strength of the team, and then you'd really see the other skill positions where we have some great depth really be able to take off. Chip, that's a great point. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I think the offensive line, along with Sam Howell, I think those are both prudent points. Sam Howell, I think, obviously being the quarterback, is probably the number one X factor, but he's also dependent on that that offensive line. So maybe you could argue that they're the number one X factor in this game. They're the key to the game because if the offensive line plays well and they're protecting the quarterback and they can have a game like the Raiders did last week against this Broncos defense with no sacks and only one tackle for loss, that means you're going forward. That means you're not losing yardage. Those sort of things, I think, can lead to a productive day for this offense because I think there's a lot of talent I think there's a lot of creativity that didn't get tapped into for Eric Bieniemy because of some of the stuff with the offensive line. If they're able to go out there and play well, I think it opens up so many doors for this offense. Let's get out to Bob in Sterling. Bob, what's going on? How you doing, Toby? Doing well, Bob. How about you? Okay, Bob. Doing good. I think, uh, Toby, the keys to this game is, we y'all just talking about offensive line, I don't know why Ron Rivera didn't build a, a big offensive, strong offensive line, but if we play a game where, where Sam Howell just can't they just get him and coming after him, roll him out or let him throw yeah. screens. You can't turn the ball over, run the ball, play good in the red zone, and make your field goals, Joy Sly. We'll win. I love it, Bob. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I think that's a good point, too. Running the football, but don't turn the ball over. That's something that killed them. If they don't turn the ball over last week, if Sam's able to hold on to the ball there on the sack, they're seven points off the board. If Antonio Gibson doesn't fumble in the red zone, there's three more points on the board at a minimum. It's a totally different game. Totally different game. 
And so I think if you look at it that way, if they can hold on to the football, you know, I expected going into this game, and we did a we win lost the record a couple of weeks ago, Chris. I think when I talked about this Broncos game, I thought that they'd be a little bit better. I thought that they would look a little more solid going into this game, talking about the Broncos. And yeah, and what did I tell you about that? <laughs> you remember? You said I said I was... it would take longer for Sean Payton to turn around that team. I said it would be a, it'd be a closer game if this was like a week 10 or something. Yeah, and I don't think they look real solid week one. So this is something where if you look at the schedule coming up, just the, in the short term, week three you got the Bills at home. Week four you got Philly on the road. Week five you got the Bears. If you can take advantage of this game, not to say you're going to throw away the next two, but you could play well against the Bills and still lose. You could go up to Philly and play well and still lose. You almost really need to win this game now if you're looking to go to the playoffs because you could start two and two. This is going to be the easiest game out of your next three. I, I don't I feel like if they can't beat Russell Wilson and the Broncos, then they don't really deserve to be a playoff team. No, you, I you gotta win this agree. if you have playoff hopes. Not because the record says you have to, but because if you're going to be a team that is supposed to be that good, you have to you have to take the easy gimmies, you know? Yeah, one hundred percent. And so don't beat yourself. I think that's something that they did last week with the turnovers. You cannot beat yourself. And that's something that was my key to the game last week against Arizona, was just play sound, disciplined, solid football. Don't beat yourselves and you'll win. I don't know if it's that easy this week, but you definitely have to make sure that you're not beating yourself because this is a much more talented football team than what you saw last week. So if you kick yourself in the foot, you shoot yourself in the foot with some turnovers, you're going to end up in some bad spots and they're going to take advantage more than what the Cardinals were able to. I mean, honestly, outside of one drive in the entire football game, the Cardinals weren't able to do anything offensively. As much as you want to not believe in Russell Wilson and the Broncos, they're going to be much better than that offense. They're going to have Jerry Judy back out there. They won't have Greg Dulcich which I think is actually a decent-sized loss for them. That's a low bar, though, saying they're going to have a better offense than the Cardinals. Yeah, but. no doubt. But I, I think that they're going to be able to move the ball. Javante Williams is a solid back. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, those guys are solid. Marvin Mims, like they've got some players. They're going to be able to move the ball. Now, the question is, can you keep them from getting into the end zone when they get to the red zone? That's going to be a key. Also, just don't give them short fields like you gave Arizona last week because if you do that, they probably are going to take advantage much more so and try to contain the quarterback. Some of my other keys, their other corners outside of Pat Sertan, I was talking about this, are just not very good. Damari Mathis is on the other side. Jacoby Myers absolutely destroyed him last week. If he's going to line up across from Jahan Dotson, if you're Eric Bieniemy, it's a pretty easy play call. Get the ball to Jahan. Just find ways to get him the ball. And it doesn't have to be anything too crazy. Jacoby Myers was just catching regular slants. Like sometimes you can try to scheme up great plays. Sometimes it's just pretty simple. Just go out there and let your better player win. And that's something that I think they could take advantage of. Because whoever Damari Mathis lines up across from, or really any corner outside of Pat Sertan lines up across from, you've got the better player. Pat Sertan is going to shut down whoever he's going against. If he follows Terry around, wouldn't be surprised if Terry doesn't have a great day. Honestly, I, I love Terry. I think he's fantastic. But Devontae Adams got shut down by Pat Sertan. And Pat Sertan followed him around in the first half, didn't necessarily as much in the second half. That's how Devontae got some of his numbers. But whoever Pat Sertan's on is going to have rough sledding. The other guys, though, 
should be pretty favorable matchups. Take advantage of that. Find ways to get the football to those guys. And then on the defensive side of the ball for the commanders, keep Russell Wilson in the pocket. If you force this guy to stick in there, they're going to design some rollouts. He's going to be able to get out that way. But don't let him do the classic Russell Wilson thing where he's looking down the field and then there's a hole that opens up and he escapes the pocket and he's still looking down the field. Russell Wilson's always been a guy that looks to extend the play and pass the football. That's how he gets some of those big plays because he just hangs around, hangs around, hangs around, hangs around. Your DBs are a little, they're not supposed to cover for six, seven, eight seconds. They're supposed to cover for just a few. And so they're I feel like he beat. was the quarterback that Romo always wanted to be. Yes, 100%. You know? <laughs> exactly. And if you can keep him in the pocket, make him beat you that way, they're going to design some rollouts. They're going to find ways to get him out there moving around. But when it's just a regular play that they're not rolling him out, keep him from creating that way. One, he's short. He can't see as well because he's just not big enough to see over the line. That's something that Sam Howell has to deal with as well. And you think about Drew Brees and having to find a throwing window. That's something that Russell Wilson has to deal with. If you can keep him in the pocket, do that. And also, it just keeps them from having the ability to just extend and extend and extend and having a bust in coverage. Another thing, we just don't have bust in coverage. I think the one big play in the passing game that they had last week, there was a little bit of a bust. Jamin Davis might have had the guy, or maybe it was Forbes. I think it was probably Forbes' guy, and there was a little miscommunication. Ends up for a nice gain down the right sideline. That's something to watch, but... I wasn't super worried about the secondary, but make sure that you contain Russell Wilson and then sell out to stopping the run. Do not let them get going on the ground. That's something that this team, I mean, last year in a must-have-it game, the Cleveland Browns just ran all over you. And in the preseason against the Browns again, without Nick Chubb, they ran all over you. You cannot have them just running roughshod over you with Javante Williams because if that's the case, it just opens up so much more of the playbook for Sean Payton you have to stuff the run, and I think offensively in the same fact, you have to be able to effectively run the ball. It doesn't have to be four and a half yards a carry, five yards a carry, but at least I would say three and a half, close to four yards a carry. It doesn't have to be something where you're running it 35, 40 times, but you have to at least take a little bit off of Sam Howell's plate so that you can make the play action effective and all those things. Who are some players to watch tomorrow in the Commanders-Broncos game? 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. I'll give you some of my thoughts next here on The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back. 106.7 The Fan, Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you up until 3 o'clock. Then Doc Walker going to take over from there. Who are the players to watch 
tomorrow afternoon, Commanders Broncos, 800-636-1067. Again, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener line. So during the break, we were talking, and J.P. Finley tweeted out that the Broncos are going to be celebrating their Super Bowl 33 team. And I said that Washington should honor the Super Bowl 22 team by dropping 35 in the second quarter. What do you yes. think about that? Yes, greatest quarter of football of all time. <laughs> How about they just drop 35 in the second quarter? I would uh, prefer they don't do the first quarter, spot them a 10-0 lead, because I get a little nervous of that, about that. But how about slinging Sammy Howell, dropping back and dropping 35 on him? Or you know what? I think Doug's still in the organization. Why don't we just have Doug Williams suit up for that second quarter? <laughs> just the second quarter. And we'll, we'll have him drop some dimes for 35 points. That would be great. But who are the players to watch? So I mentioned Sam Howell here. And I think that very good points from some of the callers saying Sam Howell, the offensive line, are the X factors, the keys to the game, the players to watch. And I definitely think that they need to be at the top of the list. And one thing that Sam Howell has done a very good job of as a starter is he's taken accountability when things have been his fault. So earlier this week during his press conference leading into week two, we talked about some of the sacks that he took in week one. I'm always gonna, you know, err on it was my fault just because I think I can, I could have done a better job. Um, I mean, there was some of them where I just ran out of bounds at like a yard or two behind the line of scrimmage, which is just dumb, you know, just throw the ball away. Um, and, you know, the, obviously the the strip sack for the touchdown, you know, that was on me. I was just trying to do too much, especially down there backed up, you know, don't try to reverse out and spin out of it, um, just be smart. Um, but for the most part, I think there was places to go with the ball. I just got to do a better job getting the ball out of my hands. And the O-line did a good job throughout most of the game. Um, and obviously the stats don't show it, um, but I got to do a better job helping those guys out. And so one thing that I got tired of when I was in Wisconsin, we covered the Packers and we talked about this all the time. And it's it's obviously a good treat, trait of being a leader and taking accountability when you make mistakes. And you know, even sometimes if they aren't Sam Howell's fault, taking some of the mistake and taking some of the fault for it. That's good leadership. I like that. But one thing when I was in Milwaukee and we were covering the Packers that we got frustrated with Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Packers about, is he would always have those types of answers, right? It's my fault. I need to do a better job of getting Aaron Jones the ball or I need to do a better job of doing this. And I say that to say this. At some point, we got tired of the fact that every single week it was Matt LaFleur getting up to the podium and saying, yeah, it was my fault this, it was my fault that. At some point, go out there and learn from your mistakes and stop making the same stuff. And I'm not saying that necessarily at this point about Sam Howell. One thing, though, that we've heard constantly about Sam is that he learns from his mistakes and he doesn't make the same mistake twice. Well, <laughs> did we not? In the preseason, talk about him holding the ball a little too long, and that's what he did in week one. Again, it's one week. I'm not overreacting to this. I'm not freaking out about this. But I love these answers from Sam. I really do. But I don't want to keep hearing these. I don't want to hear this week after week after week. So going into this week, don't hold the ball too long. Trust your eyes. Trust your progressions. And if it's not there, get rid of it. If you've heard of the quarterback school on Twitter, I I shared the video. He's a former NFL quarterback. He breaks down some of the film on guys and talks about breakdowns about different quarterbacks around the NFL. He did one on Sam Howell. And for the most part, it was positive things. But some of it is you just got to get rid of the ball. When eventually it gets to the point where you're at 
your third or fourth read and it's not there, either get out of the pocket or throw the ball away. And you, you can be fine as long as you're not taking a sack or just take the simple check downs. You know, little things like that will show some growth from Sam. And that's something to watch this week because last week what happened is at times his first and second reads would get shut down and he'd just pat the ball and hang out back there just a little bit too long. And some of that I think is your first week of the season, you're a little hesitant. You don't necessarily trust everything that you're seeing. You've been going against the same coverage, all the same team all off season, basically in training camp and everything. You don't trust your eyes right away, so you don't let it go. You don't have all the experience. So it just takes a little bit of time. This week, though, can he have a little more confidence when it's there, throw it. If it's not, check it down or get out of the pocket and throw it away. Those sort of things are something to watch because I love the answer from Sam Howell. I just don't want to keep hearing that week after week after week after week. We've heard him take responsibility and accountability, which is awesome. But at some point, you'd love to not have to hear those answers it doesn't necessarily have to be something that happens right away, but continually improving, continually getting better, continuing to show that he is understanding what's going on in front of him. And I think hopefully this week he can do that. And then the offensive line, work with Sam and figure out exactly what you need to do and just be a little bit better at what you're doing. It was funny to see that Andrew Wiley had such a, a decent grade from PFF because there were a couple times that he just got beat inside awfully like in the on the strip sack I've been the one that kind of has been on Sam Howell about that because you have to hold on to the ball with two hands and at times it's just the nature of sports and the nature of football your guys are going to get beat at times but you can't let a mistake compound itself by turning a missed assignment or a bad block turn into a fumble for a touchdown but even so Wiley got beat bad on that play I didn't think Wiley played particularly well. I'm interested to see exactly how this offensive line bounces back because Leno was good last week. I think there were some things to be improved across the interior. I don't think Wiley was great, but I don't think the game plan last week was the best for Eric Bieniemy either. Some of the creativity that we saw in training camp, some of the creativity that we saw with the Kansas City Chiefs, those sort of things, I don't feel like we saw a whole lot of that in week one. The the screenplays, the misdirections. You saw some screens. You saw some of that, but not a whole lot. And so I'd like to see a little bit more of the game plan this week to include some of that stuff. I don't love the exotic stuff that they do down in the red zone at times, the Chiefs would do. That drives me nuts. But some of the other stuff where there's the motions and you get the fake screen out to the right and then you come back and throw a tight end screen on the left or vice versa... Like, those sort of things I'd like to see a little bit more of. I didn't feel like we saw that much in Week 1. If you do that, maybe that's going to help out the offensive line a little bit. I feel like EB just, you know, it's the first week. And it's also the Arizona Cardinals, so maybe they didn't want to show everything. Maybe they'll break out some more funky plays this week. But I'd like to see a little bit more in the game plan. But some other players that I want to watch. Chase Young is obviously one of the top players defensively. What does he look like? Does he look like a guy that's an impact player? Because like I talked about a little bit earlier, I think this defense can be good without him, but they can be great with him if he can be that difference maker like he was his rookie season. I mean, just think about the steps forward you've seen from John Allen, the step forward you saw from Deron Payne last year, and the step forward 
we're seeing Montez Sweat take this season, at least through one week. Think about all the growth you've seen from those guys from 2020 on, and then add in if you can get a Chase Young-type player like you did in 2020 to that, you can have a dominant front four. Dominant. Just taking over football games. So I'm, I'm excited to see what Chase looks like. Montez on the other side, can he follow up a really good performance where he was the MVP of the team last week? Can he follow that up with another good performance this week? And then a guy that I'm watching this week outside of the edge rushers, Emmanuel Forbes. I thought last week he played really well. I think there was one missed assignment, like I was talking about a little bit earlier, ended up in a longer game. But get your hands on the football and make a play. If you get a chance, make a play. And I heard Awad talking about this earlier. I think it's a really good point. Outside of the edge rushers, outside of the D tackles, you need someone on the defense to make a play. Whether it's Curl, Forrest, Forbes, Jamin Davis, doesn't matter who. Could even be Chase Young. Well, I'm talking about outside of the defensive line. Someone needs to make a play for this team. Because last week, Percy Butler got his hands on the football, dropped the pick. Cam Curl got his hands on the football. His would have been tough, but didn't come up with the pick. Emmanuel Forbes, that was the end of the game. Fourth down. Maybe you don't want to give up field position, whatever. But if you get your hands on the football like that again, catch it, please. So make a play if it's there. So those are the things to watch. And then offensively, we talked about the line and Sam Howell. Brian Robinson, someone I'm interested in watching. If he gets some holes, I'm interested to see if he actually has that burst or not. And maybe he feels a little bit better, but he still doesn't have a burst that is a difference-making burst because that's something that last week when I watched him, he looked very similar to what I saw last season, right? Where he just kind of, he's plodding along and he's a solid back. He hits the hole when it's there. He does his work, but I need him to have a little bit more burst so that if there's a hole, he can get through it, get to that second level. And then if he gets past the second level, can you get to that third level? I don't feel like we saw a whole lot of that. The run game wasn't super effective last week. I think they need to be effective with the run game this week to help out Sam Howell. So can Brian Robinson show a little bit of growth, some of that burst that he feels like he has back after fully recovering from the injury last year? And then Jahan Dotson is probably, I think he might be the MVP of this game. If they're going to line up Damari Mathis, I believe that's his name, the number two corner for the Broncos, like I was saying, I think Pat Sertan is the best corner in football. will shut down whoever he goes against. But Damari Mathis is on the other side. If Damari Mathis is going to be lined up against Jahan because Pat Sertan takes Terry McLaurin, Jahan should have 100 yards easy in this game. Easy. And just keep feeding him the football. If you find something that works, don't get tired of it. Don't try to think you have to get cute. If they can't cover him and he's just running simple slants, and little ins and things like that, and he's turning, you know, catch that five-yard pass line of scrimmage into a 15-yard game, just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. You know, like how sometimes you find a play in Madden that works and you just keep running it? If you find a play that works, just keep running it. Keep running it, keep running it, keep running it. Because last week, Jacoby Myers could not be slowed down one bit. Devontae was, because Sertan is fantastic, but Jacoby Myers was just doing whatever he wanted to do. If that's what Jahan Dotson's going to be able to do this week, then just feed him the football all day long. I think Jahan could have a very big day. If you're looking for someone in a fantasy or a DFS lineup, I think Dotson might be a play this week, honestly. 
All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll give you our predictions for the game. You want to give yours, feel free as well. 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can also tweet me at Toby underscore Altizer. I'm Toby Altizer taking you up till 3 o'clock, and then we'll turn it over to the DOC. Rick Doc Walker right here on 106.7 The Fan. Final segment here before I hand it over to the DOC. Toby Altizer with you. Time for some predictions for Commanders Broncos tomorrow afternoon. Chris and I are going to go through these together. So let's start with this. What kind of day does Sam Howell have? What do you expect from Sam Howell? Does he have a good day passing? Is he going to be able to avoid the sacks? What do you expect from Sam Howell tomorrow? I think he is. I think he's going to be all right with the defensive line from Broncos, and I think that's going to give him some opportunities to make some big plays. What uh? How, how many yards is he going to pass for? What do you expect in the stat line? To look oh, like? I don't know. I'm never good at these stat line things. Let's say, uh, let's say 270. He'll throw Whoa. for yeah, and, and two touchdowns. How about that? Any picks? I will say no because I'm going to be optimistic. I but. love it. 272. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to go a little more conservatively. I think he improves off of last week's 202 number. I'm going to go. Let's go 225. Let's go two touchdowns and. I'll throw in one pick because I bet you he tries to force it into Terry or someone and Sertan gets one. But we'll go 225. You know what? I feel like it's going to be higher because I feel like they're going to throw the ball to Jahan a lot. Let's go 240. 240, two touchdowns, and a pick. That sound good? Sounds awesome. I think he still takes like two sacks or three sacks. But Yeah, I'll the sacks are that. what I'm most worried about as far as, uh, as his play, but... All right, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. What do you expect out of Chase Young? I I have been hoping all season, all off season, for a big return for him. So I'm really hoping that this game is that. I would love to see a key turnover from Chase. Just some sort of game-changing second half, you know, fumble recovery, just something that uh, that that really gets everyone back on his side in this town. I would love to see that. I would love if he could come out and do something like that. If he could come out and make an impact play right away, I think there will be an excitement once again for him where there's been a lot of kind of dread and just frustration. If you can come out and make some plays, especially first game back, and then if you can build off that next week and all those things and just keep going, I think that would be encouraging. I don't know if I'd expect that yet, but I do think that he gets out on the field. I'm just hoping that you notice him. I'm just hoping that you know, yeah. okay, 99's on the field. Oh, there he is. He's having his way. Or he's, oh, he just forced Russell Wilson to get rid of the ball. Oh, there he is. He's just a half second late. He hit the quarterback. I'd love to see him make a big play, but I just want to see him get out there and just be noticeable again, like he was in that rookie season. All right, let's go back to the offensive side of the ball. Offensive MVP for the game tomorrow. I'll give you mine first. I think it's pretty obvious. I think Jahan. I think he goes off. All right. I wouldn't be surprised. That's the reason I kept upping the Sam Howell's passing yardage total. I yeah. think he goes over 100 and probably scores a touchdown, and I think he is going to dominate whoever they put on him. Maybe they have to put Sertan on him, and then maybe it becomes Terry or Curtis, but I'm assuming that Sertan's going to follow Terry around, so I think Jahan eats. All right. I can see that. To do something different, I'll probably just say Howell, though. Let's say Howell. Love I want to see it. If he puts well, up yeah, those 270, 270 I think you got to give it to him. So. 270 and two? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you got to give it to him, right? Defensive side of the ball, who's the MVP tomorrow? Uh, man, uh, I'll go with Sweat. Let's go Sweat. I like it. Yeah. I mean, he was the MVP last week. I'm yep. going to go with the changeup here. I'm going to go Cam Curl. I think he's going to find a way to. F- I think he'll be big in the run game tomorrow. And then I also think that someone's going to pick off Russell Wilson. 
I think he's going to try and take some shots down the field. So Curl, early in his career, was the guy that was forcing the turnovers, and he was the guy that was a really impact player in that sort of sense and hasn't necessarily been as much lately. He was so close to one last week, I think he gets one this week. I'm going to go with Cam Curl. All right, final score prediction. What do you got? Uh, let's see. I think I'm going to go for, let's say, well, I think just it'll be quick, fairly close. Real quick. Yeah. The Vegas odds, I believe, are, when I checked before the show, Broncos minus 3.5 over under 38.5, just for context. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I, I think it'll be fairly close. I'm going to be 3.5, but let's say, like, let's say 27-21 commanders. I like it. You're going well yeah. over the total. You're looking yeah, yeah. for a a little bit of a shootout. Yeah, that's what I want to see. I want to, I, <laughs> this is what I want to see. I don't know if it's necessarily going to happen, but this is this is the game I, like I want. It. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I need to have you more because I try to be very logical, and you're just like, yeah, I mean, who cares? I just want to see big scores. I want to see Sam throw it all over the yeah, yard. I mean, I'm I love a fan. It. This is what I want to see. You know? I love it. So. All right, I'm going to go with a little lower scoring, and it's under the total, but I'm going to go 20 to 17. I'm going to go Commanders. And here's my key to the game. Joey Sly. No one's talking about the fact that they're going to altitude for the kicker. I think he knocks one through 50-plus and maybe even 60-plus. Wow. All and right. I think he's the reason that they come away on top. I think he's going to find a way to knock through a couple long field goals and get this thing across the finish line for the team. I don't know that it's a last-second situation, but, I mean, the guy's got a leg, and you're going up to altitude – I don't think it's unreasonable to think he can knock one through from 60 tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I think the only thing when you're dealing with real long kicks is the wind condition in those outdoor stadiums. Yeah, yeah. You know? and that'll be something to monitor, but it's still fairly warm in Colorado for, I mean, it's still early. Yeah. So a little bit warmer. Hopefully it's not super windy up in altitude. I think Joey Sly knocks through a 60-yarder, knocks through a 50-yarder, and that ends up being the difference. 20 to 17 for the commanders tomorrow. All right, that's going to do it for us. Appreciate you guys listening in. Chris doing a fantastic job behind the scenes. Thank you to all of you that called in. Keep it tuned right here to 1067 The Fan, the DOC. Rick Doc Walker comes up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams. And lots 
of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.